This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, the Steelers show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I am your host, Brian Davis, but I've got a, another host here, and his name is Kevin Smith, the coach, KT Smith, that knows just a tad bit about the organization and the management of a football team as the head coach of a high school championship team. So, Kevin, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well. You know, Brian, as you were actually giving that introduction, I, I happened to look out the window and see my wife pull up and uh, into the driveway and get out with two bags of Chick-fil-A. And I'm just telling you, if I'm distracted, that'll be the reason. Because, you know, focusing through Chick-fil-A is going to take everything that I got. So I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll knock it out, man. But, boy, that Chick-fil-A scent fills the house isn't that distracting what, what what's the thing that gets you what's the thing that really chocolate chip cookies baking i don't know oh my god yeah a little bit of everything but something yeah. like chick-fil-a yeah that that's a distinct smell uh steak on the grill oh yeah that's that, a good one that that meat smell i mean i once wanted a when i first started dating my wife i told her i want my own guy smell yankee candles and, uh, you know, I think they've done that. They tried it with a bacon and it, it's horrible. It, it, it's a, it's a bad, a candle bacon smell is not good, but, a but bacon's another thing when you smell bacon, oh, oh there's, yeah. 
there's there's not much that I don't love the smell of. Um, <laughs> but to quote LFO in Summertime Girls, Chinese food makes me sick. Um, the, the smell of Chinese food is what turned me off of Chinese food for all those years. Then I tasted it. I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. But the smell gets me. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, they say that scent is really one of the, the closest uh, things that's tied to memory that you get a, the scent of a certain thing can take you to a really, really specific place uh, in your memories. And that's funny because every once in a while I catch a, a certain scent that will remind me of like being in second grade in the lunchroom, you know, something really specific like that. Yep. So, yeah. So, okay. So we've covered that now that that's out of the way. Yeah. Let's talk some Steelers. Let, before we do that, let's talk about talking about the Steelers. Yeah. You, you got to check out BTSC. That's behind the steel curtain.com for everything Steelers, man. I know Kevin, I know you listen to shows. Everybody has their favorite show and that's good because everybody likes somebody different and likes different kind of topics. And that's what we specialize here. You know, if you want X's and O's, then you should be listening to guys like Kevin Smith and Jeffrey Benedict. If you like personnel and draft type talk, that's where Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar and Matty Peverell. If you come in, if you want like break stats, you know, it's definitely Dave Schofield. If you like just straight facts and breaking news, that's where, where Jeff Hartman comes in. If you like the feel of the thing, if you like, you know, the pop culture of football Tony Defio and me, for that matter. I mean, we we're more of the fun end of the Steelers. You have everything that you want because there's there's something you might not like completely. I mean, one one guy because I went off topic for a second to talk about. Uh, um, it was actually Steeler oriented, but it was talking a little bit about pop culture and Steelers. And the guy wrote in the live chat is like, "All right, I'm gone." You know. I mean, this is stupid. I'm gone. But everybody else is like, no, I mean, why is that guy complaining? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like because they, they liked it, you know, so it's not not every show is for everybody, but that's why you got to stick with the network. And also for breaking news stuff, man, BTSC.com behind the still curtain.com. Excuse me. It's the place to be. We're getting it first and we're getting it right. We if we don't get it first, that's because we don't think it's right. And next thing you know, that thing that's out there goes away. And plain and simple, we want to make sure that it's right. Those guys are very good. When I say those guys, the uh, the Jeffs and the Daves are really good at putting that stuff together and making sure that this is not just your one-stop and non-stop shop. It's your credible stop for Pittsburgh Steelers football. And it's getting crazier right now because people are coming back. There's people that take, they hibernate in the off season and that's cool and they're back right now and they're excited because of that football game the other night kevin let me ask you this was that the most exciting preseason game that you could remember in a long time if not ever yeah i wrote that exact thing in in the article that i did uh the the recap article i did on the game the anticipation of that game was really exciting because the obvious reason is it's the first legitimate quarterback competition in Pittsburgh in, in a generation. I mean, you think about that. Uh, I mean, I, my life was completely different the last time the Steelers had 
an open quarterback competition. And so there's that intrigue. But then, of course, there's a lot of exciting rookies who generated a lot of buzz that we were going to get a first look at. Um, and, and, of course, you know, combined with the, just the, the general questions around the Steelers, this is a Steelers team that people don't really know what to expect. Uh, what You know, is this going to be, uh, you know, the first team to post a losing record in the Mike Tomlin era? Is this a team that's going to exceed everybody's expectations and, and make a playoff run? So uh, so I think you, you had all, all of that heading into the game. And then, my goodness, the opening drive, Trubisky takes the Steelers right down the field for a touchdown. And if that didn't kind of get you going as a Steeler fan, I don't know, I don't know what did. And then you, on the back end, Kenny Pickett basically throws a walk-off touchdown to, to end it. So it had a little bit of everything in there. And so, so you know, long story short, you're, you're exactly right. It was a really exciting, entertaining, and compelling preseason game. Before we talk about this week's game, and it's, it's preseason game number two, is tomorrow night. So that's absolutely amazing to me. I can't believe that they're this deep into it. And with the formula being different, and we talked about that a lot last week, with it only being three preseason games, you're going to be seeing different things. And with the fact that it's not Ben Roethlisberger in there, you don't have that known commodity. So you're going to see different things. Were you surprised about anything when you watched that game last Saturday evening? I was surprised uh, at how decisive Pickett was. Um, I I had been to Steelers camp the week before, and and well, and I thought that he had that he looked the best of all three quarterbacks, and and all the talk at that camp was that he had been he had really struggled with his decision making, and th- and that the day that I was there was one of the first days where he really seemed, I don't want to say to turn a corner, but but where where there was noticeable improvement in that regard, and so what I expected to see out of him was a, a guy who in, in his first game action would make some good decisions, but he'd make some bad ones too. And he did not. He did not make a single bad decision. Uh, he, you know, I thought that Matt Canada did a great job calling the game to get uh, some easy throws for him, but also some single read th- throws where he had to diagnose coverage and know where to go with the ball. It wasn't a, you know next-level stuff in terms of quarterback play, but it was stuff that was enough to both showcase his strengths and keep him in his comfort zone while also allowing him uh, to, to develop a, a read mentality when he was out there. Uh, so again, good job by Canada at sort of protecting his quarterback, but challenging him nonetheless. Uh, and then, you know, one thing that Kenny Pickett showed, and, and this was really what I was curious about was that he was not, that the moment was not going to be too big for him. That, that, touchdown winning drive to end the game he looked as comfortable as a 10-year veteran out there and the throw that he made for the winning touchdown was just great quarterback play he he saw uh the the corner off of the the widest receiver he saw the safety sitting in the middle of the field and he knew he had a seam route from the slot with all of that meaning he wasn't that they ran a speed out to the boundary from the wide receiver and he knew that there was no way that the alley player could get underneath it or the safety could help with it. And so he very, very decisively threw that ball from the far hash on a, on an absolute dime, hit the receiver between the numbers, slipped the tackle and, and won the game. That was a really, really poised veteran throw. So, you know, I, I, I have to say that I was really surprised by how far along he looked. It's, it's one game. He was in there against all the backups, the JV, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. 
But still, for his first outing, really impressed. Does it concern you at all that he did not go down the field? If there's been any gripe about Kenny Pickett's play from the first game, it's always been an and but is what I've been hearing. It's like, no, he did great, but he didn't throw the ball down the field. Is that a concern, Kevin? No, it's like when it's like when people say, oh, well, they played an easy schedule. You can only play the teams that are on your schedule. You can only execute the plays that are being called for you. And and clearly, when you go back and you look at that, there weren't any long developing concepts that were in there. And, you know, like I just said, I think that was for a reason, because Canada wanted to give Pickett the things that he felt that he was best ready for that would give him the best chance to succeed. When you're a coach, the number one job that you have uh, in terms of your personnel is to figure out who can do what and put guys in the best position for them to succeed. If you ask guys to do things that they can't or are not ready to do, that's on you. That's not on them. And I didn't feel that Matt Canada did that. So granted this week against Jacksonville, it will be nice to see Pickett get into some longer developing concepts where he's going to have to push the ball down the field more. And I think we will see that because he's going to play some in the first half with against the varsity, as Tomlin said, he's going to be out there against better talent, but uh, he, you can't fault him. If Matt Canada didn't ask him to do those things last week. Let me ask you this, you know, we saw good play out of all three quarterbacks and I know I know you have to do the disclaimer, so I'm going to take it away from you. Instead of, excuse me, we know that there's an in-case-of-glass emergency situation with a guy like Mason Rudolph. But for all intents and purposes, is Mason Rudolph's time over because you saw good performances out of both Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett with them exceeding expectations? Well, it certainly feels that way. There's been a lot of trade talk this week. Trubisky to the Lions. The Deshaun Watson ruling came down, and he's now going to be suspended for 11 games. And I, I saw a little on Twitter a little bit of uh, you know Mason Rudolph to the Browns uh, talk out there. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> yeah. But uh, but um, I, you know we've seen Mason Rudolph do what he did against uh, in that first preseason game plenty of times we've seen mason rudolph put up decent numbers and look decent against backups in preseason games he's been doing it for the last four years everybody i think understands that that's who he is and 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 he didn't he looked okay he looked fine he did some good things um he didn't certainly didn't like the world on fire and he didn't make any terrible mistakes although he, he made a couple of questionable throws but the point you made about trubisky and pickett elevating their game and exceeding expectations is the thing that well, I'm not going to say puts the nail in the coffin for Rudolph in Pittsburgh, but certainly gives people the confidence that Pickett could at least be the number two. So that'll be, that'll be the thing that'll be interesting to see on Friday night down in Jacksonville uh, at halftime of that game. Uh, Trubisky's expected to play a little bit more than a quarter and Pickett's expected to come in sometime during the second quarter. If, if, if at halftime of that game, the, the same thing rings true that, that Pickett and Trubisky are, are still playing at a higher level than expected. I think that the sample size will probably be large enough for the Steelers then to begin to think seriously about what, what do they want to do with Mason Rudolph? 
I felt that this game felt completely different to me on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. I, you mentioned Matt Canada and the scheme and doing a good job to tailor it around his quarterbacks. And we're starting to see a little bit more about that scheme. I know a lot of people are more excited about the Canada scheme, even after just one game, just because they got to see it with some more of the uh, more appropriate tools at quarterback. That's not to discount anything that Ben Roethlisberger did. He was just a different quarterback in that system. So what I'm saying here is just in general, did, did the game just feel different to you because everything felt fresh and new and just felt like they were starting with a higher baseline than I thought they were going to be. One thing it's preseason. So, so defenses are, are going to be pretty vanilla, but a huge difference right out of the gate was that Seattle wasn't able to, to do what teams had done to the Steelers for the last couple of years and just load up the box and play press coverage or, or play cover zero or, or, or even single high because of George Pickens. George Pickens is a difference maker. And, uh, the, the throw that Rudolph made, Rudolph's best throw of the night, to Pickens on the go route that where he dropped that ball down beautifully in the back corner of the end zone for a touchdown is a, is a great example. The, the corner was seven yards. It was third and 13, and the corner was seven yards off of Pickens at the snap. And Pickens ran what looked like it was going to be uh, a, a sticks route where he was going to try to get to the first down sticks and then throw some kind of a timing route or an outcut or whatever. And he, and he just, he just hitched up ever so briefly. All, all he did was he changed his stride. It was a really brilliantly run route. He simply changed his stride and that got the corner just to, to stop his back pedal a hair and Pickens used that to be able to run right by him. Um, so if you can run by a guy from the 26 yard line, who's seven yards off you and not run yourself out of bounds, that's really impressive. And so what does that mean? That means that that Pickens presents a deep ball threat like the Steelers haven't had since Antonio Brown was here. And it, it really makes defenses have to change the way they approach the Steelers. So while the Steelers offense certainly had a different feel to it, the, the, the defense that they were getting also had a different feel. And that was refreshing. And the second big thing that made a huge difference was the run blocking was excellent. I mean, the, the O-line struggled with some pass protection issues that they're going to have to clean up, no doubt about that. But the run blocking was absolutely tremendous. There were so many times where I saw the offensive linemen get to the second level to block linebackers. The Steelers just weren't able to do that last year. They got hung up on, on double teams at the line of scrimmage, and they gave up a lot of run-throughs where the backers were just pouring into the backfield. Najee Harris uh, – had the worst rate in the entire NFL last year in terms of where he was contacted. He was contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage more than any running back in the league. And that's almost always linebackers coming on run throughs. And, and, and I saw some uh, statistic on Twitter that was put out by Warren Sharp that showed that the Steelers had the, in week one of the preseason, the third best mark of every team in the league for backs being contacted beyond the line of scrimmage meaning uh they were further past the line of scrimmage when they drew first contact than every team except for two uh and that tells you of course they were getting a push they were covering up the linebackers it was totally different from last year so so yeah certainly and those two things the way defenses approached the Steelers and the way the Steelers were able to run the ball made this feel very very different 
One last question about last week's game before we start talking about the Jacksonville matchup at TIAA Bank Stadium coming up on Saturday night. It's a big question. What is your biggest concern about the Steelers play? I'm not talking about injuries. I'm talking about play going in to week two after you saw the product on the field last week. Okay, so I gave you that statistic about the Steelers having the third best yards before contact. Do you know what team had the number one, (laughs) the best yards before contact of their running backs last week? The Ravens? The Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Really? Yeah. uh, Ooh, that's not uh, good. No, that's good. Not not good because their opponent was the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's a problem. Uh, The Steelers gave up the the most, uh, the worst, you know, rushing yards before first contact of of any team in the NFL last week. And and that's a big issue. And it's a big issue for the linebackers. Devin Bush was bad. He was bad. When you when you look at the film, he just he just wasn't that aggressive. He just he didn't seem to get downhill. He had issues you know, not getting off blocks and, and, and that's a concern. Uh, I think that the Steelers really have to figure that out. Now, in fairness to Devin Bush, part of the problem was the entire starting defensive line didn't play. And, and there were times where some of those defensive linemen were, were getting pushed into his lap and it was making him, uh, his job a lot more difficult. He didn't have clean lanes in which to press and fill. Um, but, you know, that said, you know, he, he didn't help himself either. So, so a big question that needs to be answered as the Steelers get a little bit more healthy, as guys like Larry Ogunjobi uh, and Cam Hayward and TJ Watt start to play again, is will their rush defense, which was bad last year, will that have improved? We didn't get an answer last week. I mean, if I were grading it, I'd have to give it an incomplete because of the fact that no starters on the defensive front played. But it was an incomplete that was shaky at best. Wow, that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up, and I I do agree with you that there is light because you don't have a a Hayward and a Watt out there. You don't have an Ogan Joby and a Lualu, so that that makes me feel a little bit better. But yeah, that's a point of concern. So that's probably something you're going to be looking for next week. Actually, not next week, in a couple of days, in week two of the preseason, and we're going to talk about that when we come back. Here on Here We Go, the pregame show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. KT Smith is the host as well. And we are here talking about the Steelers last week. It, I got to tell you, I loved that game. My favorite, One of my favorite preseason games of all time. I know it just happened. It just had everything you wanted. But you, you were invested all the way down to the final seconds because of the personnel that was on the field. And there were so many people that showed up that you've got to add to the list of, oh, this guy can make the team. This guy can make the team. So it's really exciting. Now, we're going to see some changes this week. Not exactly for the starting quarterback, and I'm going to have Kevin 
talk a little bit about that in a second, but because of injuries, because Anthony Miller is no longer in the game this season, because there's not a Carl Joseph, other guys are going to get a chance to step up. And we saw guys like Miles Boykin. We saw guys like Gunnar Olszewski get a chance to really step up last week. And they really made claims to the 53-man roster. Is there anybody else from last week that you thought did not expect to uh, have much of a role, but you expect to have a bigger role in week two because of those injuries? Well, I thought the entire receiving core was really impressive last week. And it was some of the down roster guys who really were impressive. Connor Hayward, I thought, uh, made a couple of great catches. He's he's impressed people all camp with his hands, but he really looked good running routes. He there, he, he caught a, an over route, which is a, a route where you, you kind of run uh, across the field over the backers. Uh, where he really where he ran away from a safety at the at, a, at the line of scrimmage, and for the Steelers to have a, a tight end H back kind of guy with with that type of of movement that that you can uh, slot opposite of Pat Fryermuth gives you a lot of options. Uh, uh, Steven Sims, boy, he really looked good too. He had a beautiful punt return, and I was uh, a jet sweep for for a big gain, and I thought he ran crisp routes. Um, and then you mentioned Gunnar Olszewski, uh, boy, he looked he looked great too. They they just Losing Anthony Miller, I think, is is uh, unfortunate because he's looked good in training camp, but they're not without options there. So, uh, so on the offensive side of the ball, those guys really, really stepped up. My apologies to Steven Sims because he should have been on my list there, and I did not have him on there. Yes, what a fantastic showing from him, and we really saw him. Uh, he he helped ruin that perfect season back in uh, twenty twenty with when he was with Washington at the time. So I got to say, you know, once again, a, they're loaded at wide receiver and I don't expect uh, this to still be an easy decision without Anthony Miller there. I am bummed. I really, I really thought Anthony Miller as a number five made this one of the strongest, uh, one of the strongest stables I've ever seen in Pittsburgh. And Really, I mean, really good stuff. I was watching the uh, Jet Steelers playoff game of 2010, and it's amazing to watch that because you have Heinz Ward and Mike Wallace, and then you have Emmanuel Sanders and Antoine Randall, and your number five is basically a young rookie, Antonio Brown. So that was a loaded stable. I think this is a stable that could, I don't know if it rivals that, that stable completely, but I think this unit is uh, really, really good, Kevin. Yeah, I, I do too. And I, I think I put him wrote in my article this week where, that, that prior to the Miller injury, I thought the Steelers had nine guys who could legitimately make the roster as NFL guys that, that when cut down day came, they would have some really tough choices and they're going to inevitably cut some guys who, who, can really make NFL rosters at wide receiver. And I thought that the running backs presented a similar dilemma. They really have some guys making a case to be that number two behind Najee Harris. Last, last week on this show, uh, I think we, uh, we named Anthony McFarlane our dude of the week because he was, he was the guy who most impressed me when I was at Steelers training camp. And uh, but he really carried that forward with a tremendous first game against Seattle. And, uh, 
you know, Master Teague came in the game and he looked good. Unfortunately, the Steelers had to let him go because of an injury, but he ran the ball hard. And uh, the Warren kid, he, I don't, I don't think I've seen him get tackled by the first guy, the first guy to the ball yet. He's a, he's a, a you know, just a, a broken tackle waiting to happen. He, I mean, he runs as hard as he, as any any back I've seen in Pittsburgh in a while. So Benny Snell, he's going, he's got a real challenge in front of him when he gets back on the field. He's going to have to play well because he's got several guys who are uh, challenging him for that number two spot. And I, I don't think it's inconceivable that Snell could could lose that job uh, or, or even even not make the roster that with with Warren and McFarlane playing the way that they are. If the Steelers decide that those two guys give them more on game day than Snell, it wouldn't shock me. So there was a fumble by Jalen Warren last week. And when you look back at it, the way he has reacted to it, I love it. I love the fact that he fumbled and he's taking ownership of that fumble with his football baby as he walks around camp. I, I, you know, shades of Omar Epps in uh, the program from 1993. I, you know, I, I love to see him doing that. I know Mike Tomlin downplayed it, but Kevin, this is a, this is a big deal. If someone is taking it that seriously, what do you feel about a young player that's doing that? I think he understands that he's got a legit shot to make this team and be a real contributor. And that that's the one thing more than anything right now that could probably hold him back that if the Steelers can't trust that he's not going to turn the ball over. I mean, there's not a coach in America that will tell you that ball security's uh, not on the, on the top of their list of, of things that you have to be able to do. And if they can't trust his ball security issues, then uh, they're not going to be able to, to keep him on the roster. So I think he understands that, uh, He's got to get that thing solved. And if he does, he's got a real shot to make it. I mean, I heard Tomlin say that every time he sees Warren, he says one simple thing to him, three points of contact. That's what he says to him every time. And that means that when you hold a football, there should be three points of contact with the ball against your body. I mean, that ball should be pressed into your bicep. Uh, it should be covered up at the tip of that ball by, by your hand, and it should be pressed to your body somewhere, you know, usually up against the chest. And so every time he sees him, he says three points of contact. And that message is getting home. And, and that kid is a that kid is a, a the kind of kid that you can't help but root for. You know, when you watch him, you say to yourself, I want I want that kid to be on the Steelers because you just see the effort, you see the drive. And it's always fun to root for an undrafted free agent like that. Indeed, it is. I am looking at number 30 and I, I'm loving it. I was really sad to see Master T go. I, I really felt like uh, he was the real deal. Because I was really high on Mateo Durant. Unfortunately, we haven't seen what we need to see as far as the Steelers need to see from him. And I, I expect him to be a, ca a cap casualty. But it's really nice to see that someone like Warren come in. But to see the, the maturation and a healthy Mr. Anthony McFarlane Jr., that's a huge thing to me. I, I really think that... Uh, the excitement that everybody had two years ago when he was drafted is going to come into fruition this year. If the man stays healthy and it believe, I believe that he will, we need to go back to the quarterbacks real quick, Kevin, you know, Mike Tomlin came out and mentioned that, you know, I was surprised. I was actually calling for something different, but mentioned that Mitch Trubisky starting, but we're going to see some action from Kenny Pickett as well. What do you say? see going on more in the second half 
So, right. So Tomlin said he wants to see, pick it up against uh, the varsity. And I, I love that he uses those phrases. Um, and, and that's the totally understandable. Again, do we need to see more of Mason Rudolph in, in the second quarter of a preseason game? I mean, that if you go back to every preseason game for the last four years, Mason Rudolph's probably playing quarterback in the second quarter at some point. So, I don't think they need to see more of that. I think they want to see what Pickett can do against a higher level competition. I think they want an opportunity for Pickett to be able to, to do some things that as a coaching staff, you really look for just the sort of game situation type prep things that are important uh, that maybe fans don't think about a lot. So for example, as the Steelers head into week two of the preseason, they go on the road for the first time. And that's important because uh, I don't know if it'll happen in Jacksonville. I was going to say, in most places, you're going to have to deal with some crowd noise. Uh, the crowds in Jacksonville are notoriously lame, so I don't know if that's true. But, I've been there. But have you? How? How? What's the? What's the environment? It was 75 percent Steeler fans. This it, there were there were some anti Ben chants um, that were really uh, really sophomoric before the game in the tunnel. Um, you know, going back to the Milledgeville stuff that was, I mean, it, it was, it, it was, like I said, sophomoric, but there were mostly Steeler fans there. And it's funny. Everybody's saying, well, I'm from so-and-so I'm from Fort Myers. I'm from everywhere in Florida had people there because, you know, I'm going off topic here, but most people think that the Steelers fans travel so well, and that is so false. Steeler fans relocate and it's like Bon Jovi coming to your town. Hey, the Steelers are in town. We're going to go see them. What? Not just to your town, but come to your state. They're close enough. It's worth the two hour pilgrimage to go see them. So that's, uh, that's what it is. So you have all those people in Jacksonville and then people surrounding in Florida, they're coming, they're coming by to see them. So there'll be a lot of Steeler fans in the house. I mean, we were on vacation in Florida. And it just so happened that the Steelers were there. And I convinced my wife, let's, let's ditch the kids with your, with your parents and let's go. And we did. And it was a blast. Yeah. And uh, so because of what you just described, they might not get exactly out of this, what they want, which is picket to have to play quarterback in a hostile environment, or at least a, an environment where the, the crowd's kind of charged up and, and, and have to go, you know, go through things like his silent count, his hand signals, struggling maybe to hear the call coming down through the headset in his helmet and, and understanding that they probably have a default, uh, you know, that he, that he does then, right, when he looks to the sideline and he finds a certain signal or et cetera. And they want to see him go through those things because that's all stuff that you're going to have to face in the NFL. They want him to finish this, the half at quarterback, go into the locker room, have to sort of regroup, talk to the OC, uh, hatch out a, a, a script for the opening drive of the second half, and then come back out and start a half. That that might not seem like a big deal, but it, it's really um, I think I think it's really something very very common in most football teams that certain teams you have a you have a momentum, you have a rhythm, and then a break hits halftime or a change of quarters or a timeout, et cetera, and that rhythm is broken. And then you have to get, get back into it. And you want to see, well, how do my players respond in, in those situations? So, so it's, it's a bigger deal, I think, than most people think that pick, where Pickett is slotted, that he's going to 
end one half and begin another because that's going to tell the Steelers a lot about where he is in his preparation. Very good. So on the defensive side of the ball, do you expect anything different? What what needs to change on the defense? As the Steelers go into week two of the preseason, they're going to probably get a little bit deeper into some of their packages. That I'm sure they know already what they want to show and what they don't want to show against Cincinnati in week one. So they now have to make a decision about how much do they want to practice uh, against Jacksonville in terms of their schemes versus what do they want to keep in their pocket for the opener. And it'll be very, very interesting to see how much gamesmanship is, is involved. Uh, and we won't know the answer to this question when we, when we watch the game on Friday night, but it'd be really, really interesting to know if the Steelers are running stuff against Jacksonville on defense, because that's how they intend to, to defend certain looks or because they want to show the Cincinnati Bengals look a when uh, when they line up against Cincinnati in week one, they're actually going to play look B. So, for example, let's say let's say the, ja- the Jaguars come out in some kind of a three by one set where you got trips to the field. The Steelers may play a steady diet of a certain coverage to that trips look so that it's on film and that that's what Cincinnati prepares for when they really intend to play something totally different. So. What I look for from the Steelers is just a little bit more involved scheme involvement scheme-wise on defense. Uh, but whether or not that's purposeful because it's intended or purposeful because it's you know uh, a false flag will be something that'll, that'll be interesting to know down the road. What how how better do you feel about the Steelers after just one week of preseason? So uh, where's your confidence level? Where was it last week and where is it now? Last week it was, uh, I don't know, a six or a seven. But I, I felt fairly confident. I, I, I still contend that this team's going to be better than people think. I, I really like a lot of the changes that they made in the offseason. And, and I think that there's a new energy. Uh, I'm not faulting Ben Roethlisberger. But when, when you've had the same guy as your quarterback for 18 years, there, there's this sense of, uh, you know, here we know, we know what this is. And, and I think that that can, I don't want to say like, I'm not saying that's detrimental, but, but with new people, there's new energy in the room and there's, and there's a competition. And I think that that competition has galvanized this team throughout training camp. And I, and so I feel like the smart personnel moves, the smart coaching additions, and just sort of this sense of this is a new era and a new spirit. Uh, is going to carry over into the regular season. So I, I, I can't say I was surprised by what I saw in week one. Uh, I feel pr- I feel pretty good. I'm not going to say that like my six or seven has become a 10 because I'm not putting that much stock into one preseason game. But, but I, the things that I saw last week certainly have increased my confidence in the Steelers. Fantastic. There's probably so many guys that you could pick as dude of the week. I know I'm torn between two rookies but you might have somebody else in mind who is your dude of the week well if you're the number one pick and you're a quarterback the pressure on you to look good in your debut is huge absolutely huge everybody's got their eyes on you and to say that Kenny Pickett rose to the moment is an understatement 13 out of 15 
with a walk-off touchdown. I know that there was technically three seconds left when when the Steelers scored to basically win that game. But that's about as close to a walk-off touchdown as, as you can get. You can't have a better debut than that. So Kenny Pickett's my dude of the week. Who do you got, Brian? It's Kenny Pickett for the same reason, because we've already had George Pickens as dude of the week. Now, you can make a great claim for George Pickens just with a swagger. One thing that he, you know, there was so much excitement around George Pickens. And now the nation, the entire National Football League knows who he is. I would not be surprised if he is right now. Um, you probably the odds on favorite for NFL Rookie of the Year right now. That's could change but with the way he composed the composure that he had the way that he just had the swagger he just had the look of a five-year pro and he has the confidence that is unparalleled for rookies like that who could actually back it up you know i thought that he would be a shoo-in for dude of the week then i saw what kenny pickett did and i was like this is a whole different story because of what you said, because of the fact that he has all the eyes on him and he was the number 20 pick. And that means this quarterback class is awful. And he's, since he's the leader of the quarterback class, he is like the tallest midget on the basketball team. You know, if I, if that's an improper word, I do apologize. Um, <laughs> but all, all I'm saying is that he is just right now the guy that could re-energize this city because you remember what it was like when Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie. There was a different feeling when he got into that game. It was Roethlisberger mania like crazy. And they just happened to win all those games in a row. But just the fact that you have the new kid in town, the entire, the, the cheers that he got, then the entire pit football teams there going crazy for him. Man, it just felt good. It sure did. And uh, back to Pickens for a second. He obviously he 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 showed out with some great receptions, but it was the subtle things that that really impressed me. The first play of the game, very first play of the game, he the uh, um, Pickens is facing press coverage by Seattle, and the Steelers run four hitches uh, with a with a, a seam route from the fifth receiver, and. Trubisky's basically got a, a choice route where he's going to he's just going to choose the matchup he likes best. And he throws uh, the hitch to Pickens, who's running a, you know, a five step, a five yard hitch. And you think to yourself, why would you ever throw a hitch route? Which is, again, it's a really short, quick route. He, he runs up four big steps and then he and then he stops and he turns around. Why would you throw that route when you against press coverage? It's not going to be open. The separation that George Pickens got on a five-yard hitch route was unbelievable. He quickly outside released, so he immediately beat the corner outside, and the corner had to get into chase mode. And what that means is, like, you're going you, – you immediately have to start sprinting as fast as you can because you've been beaten outside, and you're worried that that guy's going vertical, and now you got to catch up. So he gets the quarter – he gets the – he beats the corner outside. The corner has to take off immediately. And then Pickens gets four steps up the field and just puts on the brakes, and the corner goes flying by him. And now the corner's two steps ahead of Pickens when, when he finally puts on the brakes and Trubisky throws the ball on time. You, I mean, you couldn't get more open in four steps than George Pickens got. And that blew my mind how good that route was. And then later in the game, I don't know, did you see, Brian, did you see the, the, the knockout block 
on the yes. off the line of scrimmage. Yep. I mean, fantastic, man. He's like now got D backs on their heels because they're so worried about getting run by that he can sort of burst right at them. And again, they're backing up. And now, and now he just, he's strong and he's big and he just shoves dudes onto their back. It's just, he was doing that in college, but you think like, all right, he's not gonna be able to do that in the NFL. And then his first NFL appearance, he does the same thing. I cannot wait to see more of this guy. I can't wait to see more of Kenny Pickett. I cannot wait to see more of Connor Hayward. I just love what I'm seeing. I can't wait to see more of DeMarvin Leal because in just a small sample size, he looked like he had a motor and he looked, I thought he looked fantastic too. So there's so many guys that we need to go ahead and take a look at. I know that we want to see more out of Devin Bush Jr. I know we want to see more out of Robert Spillane. I'll be watching and I think that's what a lot of people are focusing on. But just to see a guy like Miles Jack out there too, I could honestly say he could be a dude of the week because everything looked different when he was out there as well. He looked like a man out there. Now, actually, scratch that. He looked like a dude out there, Kevin. For sure. He's fast. Uh, and it was a little more physical than I expected. And so, right, if they can get that other linebacker fixed, then this has a chance to be a really good defense. Fantastic. Make sure you go out and check out, not go out. Make sure you just find a way to check out Let's Ride. It's wherever you download your favorite podcast. Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield had a great show where they talked about the 53-man roster. And then tonight, another episode of The Six Pack with Tony Defio. You're going to go ahead and get another episode of Touchdown Under on both the uh, the video and audio side, State of the Steelers with Daniel J is new this weekend. You're going to have another We Run the North. We're going to see what's going to go on with those three enemies in the AFC North as well. But the number one thing that you want to check out, yeah, you want to check out the post-game show and the Mike Tomlin post-game press conference recap because the Steelers are playing Jacksonville this weekend and we're going to find out more about what this team is all about. For Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been another episode of Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show, Jacksonville Jaguars week two of the preseason edition. Once again, for Kevin, I'm Brian. Keep your feet on the ground. And keep reaching for the hypocycloids. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.